When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My friends, my friends and neighbors, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And if you are watching this... If you are watching this show from Florida, first of all, I'm glad you've got electricity because this afternoon at 3.05, Hurricane Ian made landfall as an extremely powerful Category 4 with sustained winds of 150 miles per hour and a possible storm surge of 18 feet. We are praying for everyone in the path of this storm and everybody north, Georgia, South Carolina, batten down, y'all. It is coming. Stay safe. And I'm being told we have a piece of viral footage. This is reportedly from Fort Myers. It's a shark swimming in a flooded city street. Look at that thing. That is unbelievable. In that, my researchers told me that is probably not real footage. Someone put that online. (laughs) But I decided to show it to you because it's a shark in the street. (laughs) And that's... You can't pass that up. In other Florida disaster news, former president, the great Grabsby... (laughs) We're getting... We're getting more details from the new book, Confidence Man, by Maggie Haberman. Maggie will be our guest next Tuesday, and I'll be asking her all about the pretty upsetting stuff she learned about the ex-president. The former president was having dinner with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi when he turned to their non-white staffers and said, why don't you get the food? Again, that is just awful. But to be fair, that's what he says in every situation. (laughs) Sir, North Korea has launched a long-range missile test. What are your orders? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, that's two 10-piece family buckets. (laughs) Tell them to fill the gravy to the top this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, not surprisingly... The former president also had bad things to say about women. He reportedly referred to German Chancellor Angela Merkel as that B. Wow! He knew the German word for chancellor is Bundeskanzlerin? (laughs) That's impressive. Here. This whole time, I thought he was an ignorant little bitch. (laughs) Now... As bad as he was to the people he worked with, he was even worse to his family because, according to this book, the ex-president nearly fired Jared and Ivanka via tweet. That would be an awful way to find out they'd lost their jobs as... handbag blonde face? (laughs) Haunted scarecrow? uh, His and hers towel racks? I don't know what they did. Apparently, he brought up the prospect of firing them with then-Chief of Staff John Kelly, who told him that before tweeting the news, he had to speak to Jared and Ivanka directly first. Yes, people should not learn life-changing news from a tweet. I mean, you'd hate to see this in your doctor's feed. At Christopher Smith, got your results. Let's say lease, don't buy. (laughs) Hashtag YOLO. In the end... It's dark. It's dark. It's a little dark. It's a little dark. It's a little bit. 
in the end, in the end, the ex-president did what he'd done his whole life. He avoided his children. He never fired them. And as we all know, Jared went on to achieve Middle East peace. <laughs> Haberman also reports that because of the ex-president's tendency to just repeat whatever he had just heard, his aides started calling him a sophisticated parrot. <laughs> Come on, guys. He's much more of a horny cockatoo. <laughs> that's, that's a really flattering description. That is a very flattering description. <laughs> he should be so lucky. <laughs> Elsewhere in her book, the former president ripped into Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, calling him fat, phony, and whiny, adding, plus, DeSantis always projects his insecurities onto other people. And his butt looks so huge in those tennis shorts. <laughs> we also learned that the former president considered bombing drug labs in Mexico. Thankfully, at the last minute, Don Jr. talked him out of it and then just talked and talked and talked. The guy... The guy... Don't do it, Dad. Don't do it, Dad. The guy who almost got him to do that bombing was some public health official who came into the Oval Office wearing a dress uniform. The response from the White House aides was not to try to change the former president's view about bombing Mexico, but to consider asking that health official not to wear his uniform to the Oval Office anymore. Because the former president is so easily influenced by anyone in uniform. I mean, just look at his cabinet. Director of Homeland Security, <laughs> head of infrastructure, secretary of the Navy, secretary of the interior. Director of the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and of course, Secretary of Leather Boys. <laughs> the president. Wow. <laughs> you are an easily manipulated mob. Thank you. <laughs> the ex president was also pretty upset about the whole COVID thing, kinda, because even though he played down the virus in early 2020, he cast himself as the victim, saying, Can you believe this happened to me? First of all, we still can't believe you happened to us. <laughs> Gotta say, his courage in the face of this crisis reminds me of FDR's famous address after Pearl Harbor. December 7th, 1941. A date that I can't believe happened to me. I was supposed to go to the movies that day. I had tickets to see Dumbo. No fair, Japan. Oh, there's something, uh, here's a little something that might bring a smile to your face. For the first time since the Great Recession, the super rich did not get richer this year. Well. <laughs> hell yes. I... I will toast to that. Alexa, order champagne from Amazon. <laughs> Take that, Bezos. <laughs> One billionaire hit uh, especially hard is Meta CEO and first face you see when you come to at the bottom of a well. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> is he down there with you? Is that it? He's down there with you in the well? Is he a mole man? Is that what this is? Or is he at the top of the well looking down at you <laughs> saying, put the lotion on your body? Okay. In 2021, Zuckerberg was number three on the Forbes 400, but this year, he fell out of the top ten for the first time since 2014. That must be tough. But you'd never know he's upset or happy or hungry. He's a robot. <laughs> Things are even worse for other billionaires, like tech entrepreneurs and twins who each secretly think the other is the spare organ farm. 
Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Unlike Zuck, who merely dropped a couple of spots in the rankings, this year the Winklevosses fell off the list altogether. But don't you worry about them having jobs. They can always fall back on their band. And some were born not to sing at all. <laughs> Speaking of... Speaking of singers, concert goers in D.C. got a rare treat last night when Lizzo played a very special flute, as she explains. This was from the early 1800s, and this was a gift to James Madison from a French crystal flute designer um, to celebrate his second term. There was a fire when he was away, and the only two things that were saved was a portrait of George Washington and this crystal flute right here. Now, uh, the house he was away from, by the way, was the White House. And the fire she's describing is the British burning it down during the War of 1812. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. The flute? Fantastic. And I think it's exactly what James Madison would have wanted. <laughs> That's why he wrote in the Bill of Rights, you're 100% that bitch. <laughs> this was so cool. A and Lizzo really put it into context. We just made history tonight. <laughs> Thank you to the Library of Congress for preserving our history and making history freaking cool. History is freaking cool, you guys. Wow. What an incredible gift to every dorky social studies teacher in America. <laughs> well, kids, I'm not the only one who thinks history is freaking cool. <laughs> I know a certain lady who agrees her name is Lizo. <laughs> now, it's about damn time to turn your textbooks to page 92, The Battle of Ticonderoga. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Anderson Cooper. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tonight is a CNN anchor and host of Anderson Cooper 360. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Anderson Cooper. Good, Good to see you again. Good to see you. Good to see you again. This is your, this is your, for those of you keeping score at home, uh, uh, this is your 14th appearance. Is it really? On The Late Show. It's the first time I'm wearing a smock, though. <laughs> yes. Why are you it's wearing kind a of smock? An Why don't you have a suit? Don't it's you like have a show tonight? It's like an Bill Cunningham. From the New Do you remember Bill Cunningham, the New York Times? He used to ride around New York on his bicycle taking pictures? Nope. Yeah. 
Well, it's an inside joke. One person got in and it meant a lot to him. Well, they say if you can reach yes. one person, <laughs> those are terrible ratings. <laughs> I know all about that. Now, uh, it is uh, just a little after 6 o'clock yes. right now. We taped this show uh, earlier. We know that at, uh, around 3 o'clock this afternoon, Hurricane Ian made yes. landfall category on the west four. coast of yeah. Florida. Massive uh, category, category 4. Yeah. What, what do we know so far? Like sustained winds uh, at some points of 150 miles an hour. Very high-level category 4. You know, it could have been category 5. Uh, I mean, it's, what's weird is it's similar track to Hurricane Charlie, which anyone was down in Florida. 2004. 2004, I was yeah. down there for... Uh, and that that uh, that veered off Tampa Bay, where I was in 2004. Uh, so that damage could have been a lot worse. Uh, Ian's much bigger, though, than Hurricane Charlie was. So the potential storm surge, the potential for wind damage is is really great. It slowed down a little bit right before it, it made landfall, which means it's going to be over land a little bit longer. But um, you know, there's already early reports of people trapped in homes. Police or 911 calls, uh, you know, being overwhelmed. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's potentially billions of dollars in damage and obviously, you know, the, the very real potential for loss of life. Now, I thought tonight we'd be talking to you about the January 6th hearing. Yes, that was supposed to be today. Uh, but in fact, that was postponed because the hurricane was coming right. in. Um, but let's just talk about it in general. What, what have you been anticipating? Because they're saying that... The first, they said that the hearings would be resuming in the fall. Right. And then we got the word that this was going to be the only planned hearing right. for the fall. What 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 have you heard in your reporting that they're planning to to do or show? Do you know anything? Um, I, I know they will be showing some videos. Um, and do you know what they are? Uh, I have an idea of what they are. What's your idea of what they I, are? I, I I wouldn't go into it. Uh, Why are you you're a newsman? Report report what <laughs> you know. think. It's going to be. What do you think it's going to be? Um, I, I I I yeah. I I I'm just not going to go into it. Because you don't have confirmation? Uh, no, I, I'm just not going to... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Are you in these videos? <laughs> no. Why? Are these people friends no, of yours not, in I'm these not, videos? No, Why won't you tell me what's Look, in the video, I, Anderson I, I, Cooper? I know they're going to be showing... They're going to be showing some videos. There was a, uh, some documentary stuff that was already on CNN that... that uh, um, that it's reported that they're going to show. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what else they're going to show or what parts of, of stuff they're going to show. But I, uh, I think you do know. I, <laughs> I don't know why you won't tell me. Anderson, well, what have you made of it so far? Because certainly I think it's been going in... into it, there was a lot of worry that this was going to be a nothing Look, I, I think it has been very well organized. The information is stunning that, that, that they have been able to find. It stuns me that this was not something that the entire Congress embraced, Republicans and Democrats and had a 9-11-style commission to actually investigate the largest attack on our democracy since 9-11. Because some of them were in on it. That's well, why. But it's... They can't, you can't ask al-Zawahiri to invest in this. But still, I mean, there, the leadership should have... I mean, the, the idea that this is not something which was embraced... By, on a bipartisan basis across the board is just outrageous. Well, I'll tell you what I think made the difference in this hearing, these hearings is that everybody on that panel, everybody in the hearings, thinks the hearings should be happening. Yes. That, that's the yeah. difference. You know, well, there's, also, there's no sabotage going on. But also, I mean, look, you do... Look, it, there is tremendous bravery on that panel. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, who are Republicans, have sacrificed their political careers, their political futures, at least for now, uh for standing up for the truth and trying to get at what is true and what actually happened. And there's still, the fact that we still don't know so much of, of what happened, the fact that the cell phone communications of the Secret Service agents around the president have were, were wiped, I mean, 
It's they insane. said they got thousands of pages of information from the yes. Secret Service, though, and they got a bunch of the phones seized. Right. Is that what you know that you won't tell me? Is that what you have? <laughs> That's not it. That's not, that's it. not the video. No, it was on the cell phone. No, I don't know. Like that. They may have video of that. Uh, was I it don't just know. some like really fun TikToks you don't want to share with me? <laughs> like that? So, so you're you're already reporting on the midterms, which are something like whoa, whoa, what, like 45 days away or less, yeah, something or something like, like that. something yeah. like that. I'm not a mathematician. Early November. Yeah, early something like generally speaking, traditionally. What's it like to be reporting on the midterms when there's something like 29 percent of the country who thinks the last elections? either didn't happen or aren't over yet. Yeah. Because and we're you still also, stuck in 2020. You also have candidates in states around the country who are running on the, uh, on the Republican ticket who are 2020 election deniers who, in many cases, are running to become secretaries of states in their states who will then, in the future, if they win, oversee the presidential elections in those states. So... And That's... certify them or not based upon what they think happened. Right. And that is certainly of, of great concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a mild way of putting it. Yes, I mean, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to take a quick break, sure. uh, but if you can stay there, I'll be right back with more Anderson Cooper, everybody. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here with uh, young Anderson Cooper. Um, okay, news today that McConnell says he is going to support legislation right. that changes the Electoral Count Act that basically underlines the fact that a vice president can't pick who the next president is. Yes. Okay. I love how much of a news geek you are. I really, I really like it. I watch you every night, Anderson <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> why, why, yeah, no, why, look, why? this is... Yeah, no. I'm gonna be really mad when I find out what you didn't show me. Okay. The, the fact that Mitch McConnell has is backing this is is a big deal. This is a, a, the Electoral Count Act. It's basically going to change the way uh, that uh, the Electoral Count is actually certified in Congress. It'll make it'll just clarify things that weren't so clear on January 6th, so that a thing like January 6th makes it harder for it to happen again. It'll it'll make sure people realize that. That the role of the vice president is purely ceremonial. He actually really can't do anything on that day other than just read the stuff that's written for him and be ceremonial on that day. Right, just like every other day. Like every... (laughs) Well, now, you know... Come on. Come on. Well, but isn't it crazy that not not, ever, not all the Republicans in the Senate are willing to support it? Ted Cruz says he won't vote for it. Said Ted, Ted Cruz says he's not going to vote for it because uh, I think his is I don't want I'm paraphrasing him. I think it was that uh, it'll be harder for Congress then to catch fraud. There, there's there is the thing is what's so frustrating about this is 2020 election was actually uh, among the most remarkable elections in the midst of a pandemic. Republicans, Democrats. There was huge turnout across the board. It was hugely successful. There was no widespread voter fraud. Every recount that's been done, every study that's been done, 
there just wasn't. It just didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so now, so Ted Cruz's line is, well, this will make it harder for Congress to, to catch fraud. He's just kowtowing to the, you know, the loonies in his district who are in, in his particular state who he needs in case he, you know, gets to run for president. Well, the, the, the Republicans who won't vote for this um, uh, want to preserve the ability to do this kind of shenanigans because they know that the Democrats aren't going to do that. They're like the people who ride on the shoulder of a highway to get around traffic, and that kind of cheating only works if they know that everybody else stays in their lane. Mm. And those people should be driven off the road. <laughs> Into a ditch. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just... That wow. is a metaphor. <laughs> okay? No letters, please. You just... You scared me a little bit. Did I? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that ad for that movie, Smile? I no. I, I, I don't. You I don't. I don't. Seen the ads? I don't go see. They're scary, everywhere. I don't go see scary movies. My life is scary enough. I don't need to. See, <laughs> no. you see that movie? Okay. I used. I used to go to scary movies when I was a kid, and because when I was a kid, my dad used to take me to every movie. Like yeah. we went to movies, and it was a great revelation when I was like twelve. I woke up one day and I was like, oh. We don't have to go see every movie. Like that's not a thing. Like I thought everybody in the country you went to a lot of movies had to go see every movie. Sure. And so I would sit through these horror movies and be terrified. Did you I remember, like The Exorcist. Oh, I saw The Omen when I was a kid, and I looked like Damien. So it wasn't easy for me. Literally, I did. I it's looked, believable. I looked, it's <laughs> totally believable. Yeah. When the the nannies like all for you, Damien, and I mean it's not that was terrifying. Yeah. I could not for the first. 10 years of my life, I couldn't take a shower and get water in my eyes after seeing Psycho. Because I was like, someone's going to stab me. Wow, it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. It, it does. Could happen. It happens. could happen. Yeah. High crime rate in the city And when days. I went to see, uh, I went to see The Shining uh, oh on, I think... How I, old were you when you saw I, The Shining? I don't Shining? know. I was like 12. And I literally, someone went crazy in the theater and was running around the theater screaming and they stopped... The, this is the second time this happened. I went to see the Warriors. Do you remember the Warriors? Warriors, Warriors come out and play. Right. I saw that at like a theater that doesn't exist on 86th Street, and and it was like this really scary theater. And I'm there with a kid with my nanny, and I'm watching the Warriors. And someone starts screaming in the theater that they someone next to them has been stabbed. And this was like in you know this is in New York when that happened. Sure. Uh, and. Uh, so, yeah, they stopped the thing, and the police arrived. <laughs> like, I was just sitting there. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And this is why you became a reporter. <laughs> yes. We're going to take a little break, uh, but stick around, everybody. When we come back, we'll talk about Anderson's new podcast about grief, All There Is. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everybody. It's Anderson Cooper. You have a very important full-time job. Uh, that is dad. 
Yes. Here you are with your son Wyatt, two yeah. years old. Yeah, he just, he, yeah. And then here's he the. learned uh, the thumbs up. He's here's very the big newcomer on. in the house. Yeah, that's Sebastian. Sebastian. He's very skeptical. Seven months. <laughs> okay. So we talked about this the last time you were on here about how yeah. you know how Wyatt's taken to Sebastian. Is yes. that still holding? It is going great. Yet? It's very yeah. I was very concerned about that. Um, you know, I had this whole thing where I, I got attacked because I, I sort of intimated to you that Wyatt and I were kind of mocking Sebastian when he cried, which wasn't really happening. You were happening. attacked by viewers. Well, you're just people, yeah. Okay. In general, oh, yeah. People. You know, parents. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, who know what they're doing. Mm. Uh, no, no, so Wyatt's great. So now Wyatt, whenever I wake up Wyatt first, and then he wants to come with me to wake up Sebastian, and he likes to get in Sebastian's crib, and he always wants, he has this thing now. I don't know where it came from. He's like, I want to smell Sebastian. I want to smell the baby. So I'm like, okay, smell the baby, and he smells the baby's head, and every time he says the same thing, which is, he smells like an angel. I, I know. Wow. I'm like, are you from a Christmas special? Like, what? Where get that kid over to Hallmark. I know. I know. Now, uh, you, you have a new podcast I that's called All There Is, and it's about grief, yes. and I was your first guest. You're my second. Well, you, were, you were my first guest, yes. You were the second episode of the podcast. Right, but the first guest. You were the first person. When I decided to do this podcast, sure. you were the first person in my mind to do it with, because you and I had a conversation three years ago, a couple weeks after my mom died, that was so moving to me and to a lot of people out there who saw it, um, and you speak about grief and loss in the most profound, most moving and thoughtful way of, I think, anybody I've ever spoken to about it. And so I knew I wanted to speak to you for this podcast, and Stephen and I had a conversation, it's episode two of this podcast, that is really, um, I mean, I, I really think it is among the most profound conversations I've ever had about Well, it's very meaningful grief. to me, and I'm very grateful, and I admire the fact that you're exploring this subject, grief, and loss that everybody at some point in their life has to deal with, but yeah. almost nobody wants to talk That's about. That's the it's thing. It's a great yeah. service that you're doing for the. It makes people, people uncomfortable, out there. as you can tell by the kind of the silence in the room right now, yes. and and which is understandable. Sure. Um, but it's so, it's so you know, but it is something that we will all go through if we haven't already. If you haven't out there already, you're lucky, but you will go through this, and to be able to talk about it and to be able to think about it in new and different ways. I mean, you you lost your your father. Your two of your brothers were. Peter and Paul were killed when you were 10 years old in a plane crash. I lost my dad when I was 10 years old. That changed the trajectory of the rest of our lives. It, it changed the people that we, we, we were. I know we both mm -hmm. marked time from that day. That day became the new year zero. The count, it's like the clocks reset. Sure. I'm a different person. Um, and and I, haven't been, I haven't dealt with all the losses that I had in, in my life really until now. I started going through my mom's things after she died. And I just found it overwhelming because I was also going through my dad's stuff because he died when I was 10. That's a 40-year gap I know. in your life. And my brother's stuff. The, it yeah. happening. Of course, your brother died when you were in your 20s. I was 20. 21. He was 23. Died 23 years. So that's 40 years and 30 years before yeah. you really started dealing with any yeah. of that. You, you find things. One of the things you talk about, uh, uh, about finding, you know, of your mother's, Gloria Vanderbilt, is that you, know, you, you find these objects that, yeah. that trigger these emotions for you. What are some of the things that you have found that have been I most mean, profound for you? There have been amazing stuff. Like my mom, you know, she, my mom was Gloria Vanderbilt. She lived this kind of epic life. And I would, there's just all these boxes of stuff. She never threw anything away. And you open up one and it's cornflakes from 1953 uh, from some move. And then you open up another and it's a pile of like telegram love letters from Frank Sinatra 
while they were having a thing. This is them having their thing. This is them having their thing. Their thing didn't last more. Your mother is radiant. Yeah. Look at that. I know. And they are. So what's like telegrams? Give me an example of like one of the telegrams. So the telegrams are like star coming to town. Your feller on the white horse. Ring a ding ding. Like it's just exactly what you would want. A love telegram. He had, some, from, he had someone from Warner Brothers write that. No, for him. no, because it's always from airports and on planes. He's like, I'm in, uh, I'm in Melbourne, on my way to your star. Uh, I think you more than I should. Call me, Crestview, four seven five. <laughs> like, you know, just it's, it's, and I'm sitting there like, this is kind of amazing. And what do I do with these things? And. Um, yeah, and so I wanted... So you and Ronan Farrow might be Frank Sinatra's son. <laughs> <laughs> lot to go through there. Lot, lot, to, lot to unpack. Now, having these conversations with other people and their grief, has that changed Absolutely. how you look Absolutely. at your own grief? Yeah. Like, has it allowed you to examine it? Yeah, it, it, it's made me reframe and rethink the stories I tell myself. You know, we all have these narratives that we tell ourselves. And in an episode that's just released today, I talked to a guy, Dr. B.J. Miller, who's a palliative care physician. His sister, Lisa, died by suicide. The episode today is about, uh, this release today, um, is about my, my brother's suicide when, uh, when he was 23. He killed himself in front of my mom. Um, and it's about the ripple effects of it. And one of the things he talks about um, is how, how he views, he doesn't view sorrow as the enemy. He doesn't view tears as the enemy. He doesn't even view death as the enemy, that you can't have one without the other. And he talks about how the stories we tell ourselves, we get stuck in these stories. Like, I'm the kind of a guy who does this. I'm the kind of person who feels this. And you can change the stories that you tell yourself. And you can change the way... You know, the way I was seeing my mom and my dad and my brother was through the eyes of a, of a 10-year-old boy when my dad died. Mm-hmm. And to suddenly now see them as a 55-year-old man who has children of their own, it's, it, it reframes how you think about their loss. And, um, and also having kids has been a, a tremendous, extraordinary experience because I know I want to pass on... I want to pass on who my dad was and who my mom was and who my brother was to my kids without it being kind of cloaked in sadness and like mystery to them. I just, I want them to know who they were and all the memories that I have, I would like a lot them to know a lot of those stories. Cause I want, to me, one of the saddest things about when, when you lose your family, when I, when you are the last one left from your immediate family is you are you're like the lighthouse keeper on this island. You're the keeper of all the memories. You're the last one who remembers all those little stories that make up your family's life. And so the idea of those stories dying along with the, my, my family, uh, to be able to pass those stories on is tremendously important to me. Well, the, the podcast you're doing, I think, is very important. Thank, well, thank you for you. doing it. Thank you. Anderson, lovely to see you again. The podcast is All There Is, and his book... Vanderbilt is now available in paperback. It's Anderson Cooper, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. 
CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.